You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there and thank you for downloading this Starting Up podcast from the 24th of January. Now this week we celebrated International Day of Education with a focus on the business of learning. Our startup in the spotlight was a company with a mission to teach children Arabic. Farak Lakani, who's the co-founder of Araby, aims to make learning fun. Meanwhile, lifelong learning is the name of the game for our mentor this week. Educational psychologist Hala El Chimo taught us how to manage our emotions. And our starting up success story this week is a man who's trying to make his fortune by blowing things up. Eugene Kerrigan is Curiosity Lab's chief inspiration officer, and they teach children science in an innovative way. Plus, Paul Bryson, the group commercial director for VirtuZone, answered all your questions in our company clinic. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Good morning. Welcome back to the agenda. And importantly, welcome to Starting Up. This is our special segment, which basically encourages, well, we're aiming to encourage wannabe entrepreneurs uh, and also provide advice for prospective business owners. Joining me from VirtuZone to help to grill our guests today is Paul Bryson, who is Group Commercial Director for VirtuZone. Haven't seen you for a while, Paul. Where you been? Uh, I was just thinking that. It's an absolute pleasure to be back in the studio. Pleasure Good. to see your face again. Is it too late still to be Happy New Year's to people. No, no, no. I think it's all right. If you haven't seen someone, I think it's still okay. Till the end of Jan. Jan, right. Yeah. So we've just made it. There we and go. I heard last week you're no longer drinking coffee. Is that still the case? Yeah, it is still the case. Do you know, I have had one since, but I'm not allowed to order it in the morning because I get crazy eyes. I was going to ask you to order mine because I haven't had my coffee yet. Yeah, today. well, we might. No, no, no. Don't tempt me. Mm. That's so bad of you. you have, I don't see you for a month. You come in, you try mm, to make me break my coffee. resolution. <laughs> uh, we will get you a coffee for sure. Uh, that can be arranged. I can resist. I can see other people enjoying things that I'm not allowed. It should be difficult. It shouldn't be easy. It should be difficult. You're right. You're right. Otherwise, I'm not properly giving something up. So on the programme this week, we are celebrating International Day of Education, which is today. Uh, We are going to focus, though, of course, on the business of learning with the emphasis on business. Uh, The education market in the UAE was forecast by analyst Technavio to grow by over $700 million from 2021 to 2026. By my calculation, we've still got another three years of that to go. So startups are looking to grab a chunk of that change. Uh, So over the next hour, we're going to be speaking to several businesses who are making their mark in the Emirates. And first up, our startup in the spotlight is a company with a mission to teach children Arabic. Have you got your kids learning Arabic at school, Rob? I don't have kids yet. You don't have kids? You've managed to resist the temptation, the lure. I know quite a bit about uh, education in the Emirates. uh, I can imagine. And we structure quite a lot of educational institutes so we know quite a little bit about it so do you well that that actually opens up an opportunity for me to just drone on about my children which is great uh, because they learn arabic at school but they don't like it very much and obviously it is a key skill that they wouldn't be learning in the united kingdom or if we were growing up in any other country so i'm super keen to keep my focus on it and our startup in the spotlight is araby they're an ed tech company with an award-winning program to help make learning arabic fun and we are joined now in the studio by their co-founder Farak Lakani. Good morning, Farak. Good morning and thank you for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you join us in the studio. First up, how did you come up with the idea for your company? 
Well, you mentioned your children. It was our children. Our children. It's mandatory to study Arabic in the UAE in all schools, both private and state. And my children loved Arabic because I taught them at home and I made it fun. And then they went to school and they came back and said, I hate Arabic. The days when they would have Arabic classes. So I was sitting there thinking, okay, there must be a better way of doing this. And then the founders, um, Lenka is from Slovakia and her husband is Emirati. So their children are in Arabic A and my children were in Arabic B and one was in Arabic A because she knew Arabic. Um, and we were sitting around thinking there must be a better way of doing this. And then it was so the inspiration when you say, why did we come up with the idea? It was our children because it's such a big problem. And the more research we did, we found out that non-native speakers can't support their children. It's your child's education and you can't support them. But that's not the case in other subjects. Yeah, even that's if so you true. Don't know it. Well, what is the product? How, is the product? how does it work and how, how is it used? Um, it's an online platform that has videos, games, everything that you need with a complete curriculum. And we've got both online and offline resources. We cater for all kinds of learners, reading and writing, auditory, kinesthetic. Um, And what we've done is we've changed the way Arabic is taught. So instead of just learning phrases, we give you patterns, vocabulary and grammar so that you can use them in real life situations in different ways. So you're not teaching a topic, you study it, learn the grammar and then the next term you do at the sea or you do do at the circus and you forget it. Do you think there's legs in rolling this out for adults or is it something that's only going to be... Well, it's funny you should say that. There is actually a lot of programmes for adults. I don't know how good they are and how much they work, but we've got a few parents because uh, our family app, which is available on, on App Store and Google Play, um, allows family sharing. So for the price of two coffees, which is 49 dirhams, you can get three... Expensive coffees for that. Where are you going? No, Costa, that's, <laughs> that's cheap coffee. That's cheap if you get a... If I'm about to get you one from downstairs, I'll have you know, Paul, it's going to cost me 28 dirhams. 17 maximum for me. Oh, oh my God. Go for your coconut latte at Costa. It's 24. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, the, 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 the thing that always does it for me, the thing that always does it uh, on this show is I always want to know, I'm a bit of a, uh, a geek uh, for corporate structuring, was it difficult to set up your business? Uh, how did you do it? Well, we're very, very fortunate. Saeed is Emirati. So we were able to get a DD onshore license and set up the company very easily. Um, we're four shareholders, four partners, and we've basically built it as a family business. And That's are- the secret, you see. You need to get an Emirati on side. Yeah. That's the other way of doing <laughs> it, isn't it? And, and needless to say, that, that I imagine your Emirati partner is a hugely valuable uh, addition, not least because, you know, he's a native Arabic speaker. 100%. And also because he's technology, we've each got a different sector. So Saeed <laughs> does technology. Lenka does operations, Halla does content and curricula, and I do business development, sales and marketing. So we're not like most companies where the founders are like 20-year-old, 24-year-olds with an, an idea but no experience. We're seasoned professionals who brought our experience to make it and build it to where it is. I think it's great. I think uh, we always kind of tell clients... Um, try and engage the local community as much as of possible course, yeah. um, whether that be not necessarily uh, as a shareholder in your business but people can open doors for you uh, and they can be uh, you know you, you, you can put a program in place to, to assist with that and we would always say I think I think that we find that Western and European companies, American companies, don't engage the local community enough here, and it really, really can assist with your business development plans. It's something that people should consider. Hundred percent. Like the local culture is so important for your expansion, development, and your marketing. Um, without that local knowledge, it's very, very difficult to penetrate, penetrate and grow fast. How do you? How do you market yourself? Um, well, to be honest, we our growth has been organic because we're self-funded, um, and we've used 
all of the revenue that we generate, we've put into making content and making the product better. Um, the program is now for natives and non-natives for early years. Um, it's mostly teachers. Teachers see it, senior leadership team. They see that it works. I mean, the principal of Kings Dubai turned around and said it's the first time he's come back after the summer and the children are still speaking Arabic. Really? Usually at the end of the year, they forget. But he said, because we teach through songs, things that the children can relate to. And the characters are all based on children's <laughs> preferences. So we went to the children and said, these are three monsters. Which ones do you like? And it wasn't the ones that we chose. Because remember, at the end of the day, it isn't, it's a program, not just for teachers, but the end user is the student. If they're not engaged and using innovative techniques, they're not going to go with you. I think um, when it comes to teaching and learning, especially as an adult, I think it's harder to learn as an adult. Um, and it's all about, someone can have the knowledge to teach you something, but you need to find a way to relate to the material and exactly. understand it. And I guess that's how you guys work. You are engaging people and they relate to the material and then they remember it. I, mean, I have to say, I'm looking at uh, the idea of a private tutor to help chill my, up my children's game when it comes to Arabic. And uh, certainly, the you know, two coffees, 45 dirhams, is, is going to be a lot cheaper than, than an hour well, with we'll an Arabic be- teacher. So if it works in the same way, then, you know, sign me up, basically. Well, basically, we're going to be running a promo. We're just waiting for approval. And then it's going to be 40% off. It will be available on App Store and Google Play uh, via your... Um, thing and it's basically a self-guided journey and we're going to put in quizzes so as the child gets to a certain finishes a certain topic there'll be a little quiz in addition to the games that are already there Um, like they teach you the numbers and then there's a game where you have to move the camels or the giraffes or the cows or the little animals from one side of the fence to the other when you hear the number so little things like that to just engage the children and get them learning because they all want to be on the ipad they all want tech that's true that Um, is true if if i can get them if i can put it on the ipad then they'll probably do it i've got one minute left with you um are you planning to uh expand past the uae are you already expanding we've already expanded past the uae we're in qatar northern ireland Scotland, Scotland, Malaysia, and the US. I know Scotland. A <laughs> there's a school. There's a school just outside Glasgow that's taken Arabic. Got a really big Arabic community. I because there are a lot, there's quite a big Syrian population there, and also if anybody's wow. got contacts, please get in touch with us. We're happy to expand and take on more schools. Yeah. Last question: What would be your advice to someone who's looking to set up an ed tech company? Because we just spoke at the beginning yeah. of the program about you know this this uh, fund. Everyone predicts that the, that it's going to go up by seven hundred million dollars. How can you tap into that? How would you advise? Make sure that there is a need for whatever solution you are providing. Because there is no point in providing a solution that's already out there. And if you think that yours is the best solution or it's really a requirement and a need that will solve a problem, don't give up. Just keep going. Fantastic to speak to you, Faraka. Uh, sorry, Farak Lakani. Thank you so much for your time. You are one of the co-founders of that uh, Arabic learning company, Araby, an edtech company to help children learn. Thank you for coming in. It's been a pleasure. Sure. Really lovely to have you in. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8 with VirtuZone. Business set up with no regrets. I'm Georgia Tolley. I'm joined in the studio this hour by Paul Bryson, Group Commercial Director for VirtuZone. Paul, thanks for sticking with us. Lovely to have you as always. Pleasure to still be here. Still waiting for that coffee though, Georgia. Oh my goodness, we did all this social media in the break, so I forgot the coffee. Andrew, can we have a coffee for Paul? He's wilting. Um, 
Right, this week we are focusing on education in celebration of International Day of Education, which is today. And it's fair to say that even once you've entered the workforce, there's always more to learn, whether it's new skills in tech or management tips. But our next guest wants to teach you how to manage your emotions. Hala El Chimor is an educational psychologist and the founder and managing director of Your Beautiful Mind, a company focusing on mental well-being. Hala, lovely to have you in the studio. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you with us. Now, what type of people come to you, to your company for help? All scopes. Everyone comes. Um, CEOs, you will have employees, you can have mothers or, you know, even like young adults just starting in work or starting with their lives. How does your treatment work? How does it model itself? You know, do you have hour-long sessions or do you do group sessions? So I do do group. I do workshops sometimes, but mainly it's like a 50-minute session one-to-one with my clients. So really quite an intimate yeah. process. Yes. And, and the idea is that people really relax with you and tell you everything, I guess. Yeah, there's confidentiality. That's the m- number one thing. So yeah, they come, they will talk, they will tell me what's going on or what do they feel or what are their problems. And then I'll help them the best I can. Can I ask you, what is an educational psychologist? So it's a psychologist. So it's like you call it the educational counselor, you know, school psychologist. Okay. This is what an educational psychologist is. Okay. And how did you then, how did you come up with the idea for the business? The, your beautiful minds. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because I used to be in advertising marketing and I changed mm-hmm. careers when I was 31. And then because I actually realized I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, my life purpose. Okay. And this is what I wanted to be able to offer to other people and help them manage whatever emotion or whatever they're going through in their lives and help them heal. So this is where the idea came from. I think that's brilliant. I mean, we, you know, internally when we see clients come to the office, um, all ages from 16 to 60 and plus you're never you're never too old to to start a business to change career to to to, to change you know work towards your passion yeah and i think it's brilliant to to see and hear that that you're doing something that you love as opposed to being in a job that you don't really love and i think dubai really affords it as an entrepreneurial place you, you have to agree yeah, that. I mean, Fools everyone has option. a. Yeah, so many people have a side hustle that then turns into their passion project. Well, the side hustle is often the passion project, and then thanks to the sort of, there you're right about Dubai. There really is that sort of can do anything goes atmosphere where you people are willing to take a risk. I don't know whether it's the people that move here because so many of us are expats. We've already taken a risk, so maybe it's that mentality. I think predominantly we come here with a working attitude, a hard working attitude. We, we come here for work uh, initially, but you do see it as a place that, unlike anywhere else, and we travel a bit with work and we never see any other city like this where people are entrepreneurial and they have so many side hustles. They don't really exist in the UK, side hustles. If I speak to my friends about that, it doesn't happen. They've got nine to five jobs. Yeah. This is just yeah. such, a, such a cool place for that. And then they have to travel home for hours, so there isn't space for anything else. The commute takes forever. Mm-hmm. Now, we often talk about upskilling in the workforce, but how important is this type of inward focus? Because <clears throat> what it comes down to is people are, do have limited time. It is difficult to sort of choose what to prioritise. And I have to admit that if I was going to do anything, I'd probably prioritise a course in 
digital media, for example. Mm -hmm. But I imagine you would suggest that an inward focus might be even more productive. Yeah, because when you understand yourself better, when you understand what are your limitations or why you're not going for something or why are you waking up in the morning, let's say, and you're exhausted and you're tired, what's going on in the back? You know, when you do the the inward work, sorry, it helps you to be able to move forward. You know yourself better. You educate yourself from inside of yourself. And then you see, why am I not doing this? And what are the reasons? What is the programming that I have received or whatever? And then you move forward and you'll see that you can reach like (laughs) the top of the mountain way faster than if you don't go inwards. How long does it take? Like, can I just do one session with you and, and open my mind? Or do you normally recommend that people do a few? It depends on each single person. I can't tell you, oh, yeah, it's going to be 10 sessions or 12 sessions. It depends on the individual. It depends what's in the background. And, and, you know, like um, if they're really willing to do the work, because doing this type of work is not easy, right? Sometimes you're going to have resistance. So how much are you going to let go of your resistance? How much are you going to apply or do the work? It all depends on you. Do you find that a lot of people are skeptical of it? You know, like, like perhaps I could be, I think it would take me a lot of sessions to reach the top of the mountain. But do you think that people are skeptical? Of they it? like to have control, right? And when you'd kind of do therapy in a way. We're giving you the control? I don't have control. No? But the feeling is that they're worried to do things differently because, you know, they created that comfort zone. And I'm coming and telling them, get out of your comfort zone. Look at it from a different perspective. And some people sometimes they don't like that. You I know, am for sure well known in the office for it as well. The number one person who hates change. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we change the toner on the printer, I don't like it. If we change the <laughs> coffee, I don't like it. And the, the bigger things just get even worse. So I can completely relate and understand to that. Yeah, I love the idea, Paul. I'm willing to bet that you've never been to a psychologist. You've never lay down on a, on the couch. So I, I have. Were, but never. You've never done it. I have. I've done te- at least 10 sessions uh, a few years ago, and it was undoubtedly one of the best things I've ever done. It really was. And I should have carried on. For some reason, you know, your lifestyle changes. Mm. And actually, I find it very hard to get appointments with the lady that I was seeing. But it was... It was one of those things where I would be driving down Shakeside Road three days later and something the psychologist had said would flicker in my brain and suddenly everything would make sense. Yeah. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like unlocking sort of, it's like the doors are unlocked and then, you, you know, it's not until you're driving down Shakeside Road that you're driving through them. Robert, your office, do you offer these types of uh, courses for your staff? Do you think about your staff's mental health? Because I know that Virtue Zone's quite forward thinking when it we, comes to these things. We've done a couple of them. I, I've, I've never Attended, you know, I'll put my hands up and say that we've done a couple of things with our, our insurance company. So we've got great, great insurance for the employees, and, and it does cover things Mental like psychology health. sessions. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You get, I think you get ten sessions or, or a certain value, which is, is good. And I've heard from a few people in the office who've done it that it makes it does make a difference. It's great, and it's good to speak to somebody that you don't necessarily know that doesn't know your life yeah. and they don't have a bias, so they can't be jealous of something that you've got that's, that's good or, or they can't be yeah. envious of you so they're not biased to, to what you're telling them they're completely objective and they're, they're educated they know about the subject that they're talking about so it's supposed to be I've heard that it's fantastic for people Hannah that raises an interesting point do you find that your clients are able to, to get help with you through their insurance companies or does it yes 
Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a couple of clients. The insurance covers the sessions. That's really yeah. interesting that that change that's, has come that's around. Re- yeah, because therapy can be expensive. There's yeah. a lot of people that don't go to therapy because you need a budget, you know, and today they need the money for something else. But today insurances are covering it. And I'm actually seeing, you know, they're coming, you know, with more ease because the session is not that heavy on them anymore. Like I said, I found it very hard to get appointments with my therapist. Do you find that this is a, a boom town for, for psychotherapists? Do you, you know, are people willing and sort of open to coming to see you? I would tell you they're more open to doing self, you know, self-development. But when it comes to therapy, they rather go towards the more mellow, like hypnotherapy or the energy healing, you know. But it is. There are some people that do uh, that do get very interested in doing it. Well, I wish you all the best with your company. Thank you, Thank you so much for coming Thank in you. to see us. It's been a great pleasure. We basically put Paul on the couch briefly, which was great fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was. I'll give you a free session. Ah, now he's got to go. <laughs> Now he's got to go. I love this. Okay. <laughs> right, that, we've been speaking to Hala El an educational psychologist and also the founder and managing director of Your Beautiful Mind. This is starting up on the agenda. You're listening to Dubai Eye 103.8. Georgia Tolley here with here with Rob, uh, who is from Virtue Zone. Rob, sorry, here with Paul. Who's Rob? Where did he come into the room? I think you better go and see a therapist, not me. <laughs> You know why it is? It's Rob Bryson. He wrote, writes books. Bill, my uncle Bill. Yeah, I'm making it up. Is yeah. that your? Is it your uncle Bill? No, no. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bryson, Group Commercial Director of Virtue Zone. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Virtue Zone Business Setup with No Regrets. Hello there, welcome back to Starting Up. Welcome back to the Agenda. Georgia Tolley here uh, alongside Paul Bryson, who is Group, group Commercial Director for Virtue Zone. Of course, starting up our special segment to inspire entrepreneurs. Uh, if you're thinking of making the leap to starting your own company, the idea is starting up. Should encourage you to do that. Now, this week, we're focusing on the business of learning. That's at ma- that's as market analyst Technavio they forecast that the education market in the UAE will grow by over $700 million. That's between 2021 to 2026. Well, we're in 2023 now, so there's a decent chunk of change left. Uh, and needless to say, startups in the Emirates uh, looking to get involved. And there are hundreds of SMEs here who have already managed to make a success out of their passion for teaching, including our next guest, who's trying to make a fortune out of blowing things up. It's always easy to introduce Eugene Kerrigan because he is Chief Inspiration Officer for Curiosity Lab, which is a Dubai-based child enrichment programme. Good morning to you. Good morning. Oh, you need a microphone up first. Sorry, I'm directing <laughs> things in the studio. I'll try uh, again. No, try again. Good morning. It's lovely to have you here, Eugene. Right. Uh, who do you teach? How do you teach them? What's the deal? So we teach uh, to our core age as we teach four-year-olds through to kind of 14-year-olds. Uh, we do that at our little venue in Alcoos, um, and we take a we take advantage of not being a school. So we take our own approach. We are unshackled, and we you teach keep our it own fun. Content. Then we do it. It has to be fun because uh, it's not the easiest pitch. Uh, it's so chemistry and physics. Chemistry, I hate physics, it. Physics, biology. So we we try not to use those words. It's just science. Mm. So okay. it's, we're trying to inspire a kind of love of the subject and a love of the universe these guys inhabit. Uh, 
but in turn, and kids come and see us after school, so we're competing with, do you want to go and play basketball, swimming, football, or do yeah, you want to do just, some extra science? I was just about to say that. Does it compete with that? <laughs> that would make it a It does. Bit, so we, so we do difficult. have to make sure they love it. Um, but at its core, for, kind of for our own sanity, uh, it is based on a very sincere passion for education, but it doesn't have to be dull. Uh, and also we you come up with and how did you come up with that idea so it's uh myself and my partner uh mo uh we're both passionate nerds i guess you'd say uh i come from an education background uh he comes from an engineering background and i suppose we've got both got a similar passion we think there's a better way to inspire children to love the subject it's an amazing subject isn't everything uh but because we're not a school, schools teach outcomes, teach answers, uh, and have to test and compare. Uh, we're not a school, so we don't teach outcomes or answers. We're much more interested in children understanding concepts because so we you think don't, that's more powerful. You don't then certify, you don't offer a certification? or We don't. I mean, at the end of a module, we'll give them a little certificate covering what they've done. But yeah, yeah. But there's, uh, we are, we're not affiliated with any curriculum. We, we literally go off and do our own thing. It sounds like something, if I, was, if I was running a school or if I was involved in, say, business development at a school, I would want to maybe team up with you so that you could make it more fun and then the kids would enjoy learning science in school because I guess the school side might be a bit more boring than what you do, but you need to make them like it to get them in there a bit more. Yeah, so we've done, we've done work with schools and quite often it's kind of, for want of a better way of putting it, going in as a one-hit wonder. So we'll go in and we'll maybe run some workshops, we'll maybe run a show and we will we will create a, a sort of edutainment show that gives them an anchor point that they can reference when they're teaching their standard curriculum, so they can always come back to us. What do you actually have in the shows? What, how, how do you make it interesting? I mean, I literally, I had triple physics every Wednesday afternoon, and the fact that I can still remember that 30 years later <laughs> makes you realise just how much I you hated physics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we, so everything we do, whether we're doing our, our modules at Curiosity Lab or we're going in and doing a 30-minute show, uh, we make sure they've got a theme. So we put context to everything that we're, we're discussing. And as I said, so we're, we're not trying to teach an outcome. So we're not going to test the kids at the end of the show. There's no questionnaire. There's no, okay, can you answer these questions? So it's kind of demonstrating all sorts of things to give them an understanding of what, what it is that we're talking about. I don't need them to write a formula. I don't need to answer those questions. But if I know that they've got a kind of understanding, they can go and apply that themselves, even though, and this is where the schools, we're different to a school, I can't test a child's true understanding. I just have faith that they've mm. got one because they keep coming back and they're smiling and they, it, it, it's, it's more useful for them as an individual, not for us to measure though. The bit, the bit that I love to ask people, uh, as I've asked all the other guests this morning and previously, is how difficult was it to set up your business? Because I know, I know from experience the industry that you're in, I know how difficult it can be uh, when you start going down that educational route yep. um, without using the word education when licensing a business. But how difficult was it for you to set up the business and how did you do it? So we did it, I'd say it was about five years ago. Uh, Obviously, we, I didn't know what we were doing, uh, and I still don't know what we're doing in terms of, of that side because you kind of lean on the agent that you're using. Um, it felt very difficult, or it, it, it took a long time. It, it's not cheap, so any potential entrepreneurs out there, it, it's, you do need to have some money to kind of set yourself up properly, particularly if you're in the education space. So it, it took longer than I thought. It was more intricate than I maybe expected, although I'm not sure what expectations I had. And 
I didn't enjoy and I don't enjoy the dependency on someone else to guide me through it. So I'm five years down the road and I'm still no expert, which is a shame because it's kind of our business. So I you'd should be, be more You'd be expert. very surprised. It is, it is very much like that here. Although it's an entrepreneurial place, although it's pro-business, um, it can be difficult to set up. That's why people like mm-hmm. us are here to talk about the structuring. Um, I, as I say, I've been down this route before. When you look at that education side, it's not easy. Um, it's easy, perhaps, you know, people are setting up these e- e-commerce companies for five, six, seven thousand dirhams. But when you want to rent a space in Alcos and you're on the mainland, you know, you're going to need some rental. You know, yep. there's going to be funds for rent. There's a lot of capital expenditure. Um, typically, I think setting up a business can take more time than you think it will be, mm-hmm. and it'll generally cost you a little bit more if you're going to be based in the mainland. But there's, you know, there's a lot of offers out there, so you, you definitely want to look around the market. There's different, there's different ways, many ways to skin a cap. And I think that's a lot of ways to do things. There's no central resource here, which we've always said. There's no government resource. You can't just go to a website as an expat, find the information you need and set up your business. That's why people like Virtues don't exist. If that yeah. was there, it would, mm. it would, it would Yeah, so we, I mean, so in, in education, so I think it's a child skills development training license. So you've got your conversations about the license itself. Then you've got the conversations with the KHDA. Sometimes you're front and centre of those conversations. Sometimes someone else is having those conversations for you. So we found it, we found it tricky to get our own kind of grip on the situation. Do you deal with the KHDA? Uh, we, well, for our license, we yeah. deal with the KHDA. Uh, directly in terms of that licensing process, not so much. I mean, we provide via our third party everything that they request, See, whether I, it's curriculum or... I know now that the KHDA, the municipality before, they didn't like me going in and talking to them, mm. right? They prefer to speak to you. They prefer to speak to a technical person from the company. So if I'm setting up a construction company here and they build roads or dams, me going into the municipality to talk about roads and dams isn't going to make, mean any sense, make any sense to them. So they want you to come in now, not the agent as much. They want to hear from you, speak yeah. to you, hear what you do so they can really understand the business and license you properly. But before it used to be send the agent in. Now that you're through the other side and, and you've gone through that tricky process, which I think every entrepreneur has to mm-hmm. accept that it's going to be there for yep. them. Uh, is it, you know, I mean, I don't want, like, it sounds so rude. Are you making money? Like, is it a success? Is it, you know, are you happy yes. with, with the way it's going? So ultimately? Uh, we're happy with the way it's going. I mean, I think for any potential entrepreneurs, this is a bit of a cliche, but I, I wouldn't recommend going into a business because it's going to make money. I'd recommend going into a business because you love the idea of, of what it is. We have chosen to date uh, to not have an, any investment. So we, we don't have a plan to kind of explode onto the market. We are kind of drip feeding our growth and we're yeah. growing very slowly and maintaining that, that passion and our own bar. So we, we try and set ourselves a very high bar. Uh, and we want to grow maintaining that bar at a height. Uh, maybe one day down the road, there'll be something we have plans that might require some sort of investment. But does it make money? Yes, it makes money. Does it pay us? Yes, it pays us. Uh, does are it make me a millionaire? To, yeah, no, you're going to buy a boat. Uh, Where's yet? the boat? <laughs> not yet. Uh, how big's the boat? Um, <laughs> just, a, so, just, a, just a rowing boat to start with. But yeah, <laughs> as any, uh, the, there is a plan. So like I say, we're not going in this, it's not, purely commercially driven but yeah. having said that i've got three kids uh and anyone that's whether you're doing a job for someone else or whether you're running your own business there is this intention and hope that it will reward you over time i now. love the way i love your mentality there i love yeah. the way that you're operating in that way and that's the number one mistake people make when they set up a business here is they think it's going to make money they think they're going to be a millionaire in the first year um you've got a passion you're working on that passion it's keeping you alive it's, it's paying your bills it's making you a bit of money it will continue to grow yep. right, when, it, when it really 
takes off. But I love the yeah. way your mentality is. You're very happy and very content with what you've got, and that's the number one mistake entrepreneurs make is we're going to make a million in the first year. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, and, and things change. So what, what one year looks like. So you can, it's easy to write down on a spreadsheet and forecast that you're going to be rich, but making that a reality is not so easy. Eugene Kerrigan, absolutely fantastic to have you in the studio, both inspiring and, you know, tempering, which is good. We've got, we've got the combination of both. Uh, Eugene Kerrigan there, Chief Inspiration Officer for Curiosity Lab. Thank you very much for coming in. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Yes, welcome back to Starting Up, our special segment which encourages wannabe entrepreneurs to get involved. I'm Georgia Tolley, joined in the studio this hour by Paul Bryson. He is Group Commercial Director for VirtuZone. This is time for our company clinic, which means Paul has got questions to answer. Okay, one here on 4001 says, Hi, Rob here. Is it possible to register or reserve a trade name without actually being in business right now? And for how long can that name be reserved? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good uh, question. Yes, you can. You can reserve a trade name. Um, it's common practice. The first thing you normally need to do is reserve the name anyway. But if perhaps you're coming here from abroad and you want to bid on a tender, you can reserve the trade name. You don't need to – it's the chicken and egg situation. I don't want to set up this company and spend a fortune and then never win the work. So you can register the trade name. You can bid on a tender. Um, if you're successful, you can finish setting up the company uh, and then execute the contract. But it'll stay valid for six months. You never need to set the company up. So you can keep it for six months. You can then renew it at the end of that six months. So potentially you can keep it going for a couple of years, reserve that name, keep it in, uh, under, under your ownership until you really need to set up the business. Ah, good knowledge. Uh, okay, uh, Hamid has just written in saying, I want to set up a restaurant. How do I do it? Ah, okay, uh, another good one. Um, restaurant is unlike other businesses where you decide where your office space is going to be. I think you reverse engineer it from a restaurant standpoint. You need to find a good location, first of all. Um, somewhere there's footfall, somewhere you're going to be happy. Then you can decide, then that will dictate rather whether that business is in the mainland or if it's in a free zone. Um, so wherever that, that physical location is, we just work our way backwards from that. So I would say find your location first for the restaurant um, and then we work our way backwards. And that's something that you know we or, or any other consultant in Dubai can help you with. Paul, as ever, fantastic to have you in the studio. Thank you so much for your insights over the last hour. Much appreciated. That was Paul Bryson, Group Commercial Director of Virtue Zone. And this was your latest episode of Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. Make sure you download our podcast if you want to listen to all the other episodes. Uh, we've been going for a good long while now. I'd say a good year, haven't we? Exciting. Uh, so uh, do listen back and uh, pick up all the business advice that you need if you're planning to set up a company. Right. News is next. Thanks, Paul. Thank See you, you later. Much, See you later. See ya. Bye bye.